That's a beautiful song. Beautiful praise song. Thank you for being here. If you brought your Bibles, turn to a familiar passage, Luke, Luke chapter 2. I want to share with you a sermon I've entitled, An Invitation to Christmas. An Invitation to Christmas. Christmas is perhaps one of my favorite times of the year. Not for all the excitement that goes on. To some extent, though, it is because it's a time of celebration, celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so you get excited about knowing that God sent his only begotten son, meaning the only one of his kind, uh, into this world to die on the cross for our sins where we could be saved. And so this is an exciting time, an invitation to Christmas. Luke chapter 2, when we read it, verse 8 down through verse 17. God's word says, And now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them, concerning this child. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity now to have worshipped you in song, praise songs and hymns. And thank you, Lord, for touching our hearts through worship this morning. I touch our hearts, I pray, in your word. As your word is proclaimed, allow your spirit to go from person to person, chair to chair. And Lord, as you speak to people this morning, give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. May your Holy Spirit lead us all and teach us all this morning. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps one of the most busiest times of the year is Christmas time. We're running here and there, and we're doing this and that. And during the month of December, we're invited to go to a lot of places. We're invited to go to different events, more so than any other time during the year. Invitations to church parties and office parties and musicals and school plays and parades. I noticed a new one been added this year in Russell there at Schloss Lake, a new something new for us to go to there, those that, that want to go. So we, we get invitations to go to all these events. But here's a question. Is it possible to be so busy responding to all of these invitations that we're not aware of God's invitation? get invitations from everyone everywhere but we're so busy going here going there doing this doing that that we fail to
to hear and listen to God's invitation. And so there is an invitation, an invitation by God to Christmas. This is sort of what happens, it's sort of what happened on that first Christmas night there in Bethlehem. Let me give you a little background passage beginning there in verse 1, chapter 2. The Roman Emperor Caesar Augusta, Augustus, he issued a decree that a new tax would be collected for Rome. And everyone was to report to their city of origin. And so Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem because that was where they was from. And the city was full of people. Just imagine people from everywhere coming to their home, uh, their home of origin. In this particular place, Bethlehem, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands of people show up to sign a register to be counted for this special tax. And so this city was full of people. Can you imagine all the excitement? Can you imagine the parties, the family reunions perhaps, as family and friends come together after they've been separated for months and months and perhaps years? All of a sudden, they're coming back to their hometown. Just think of all the people. Think of people needing a place to stay. Think of people needing a place to uh, uh, to, to stay and food to eat. Think of all the economic boom that must have taken place there in this little town, this little city called Bethlehem. And right there in the middle, all that taking place was Mary and Joseph. It must have been a lot like our Christmas season at that time. Everybody's so busy doing this, doing that, journeying here and going there. And in the middle of all of this excitement, Christ is born in a stable and no one really noticed or even was aware of it. Imagine that. And now in the meantime, while all that was going on, uh, there in Bethlehem, there was a little group of shepherds out on the Judean hill. They were working kind of the midnight shift. They were out there along with their sheep. Now, shepherds were, shepherds were interesting people. They were lonely people. They didn't have, um, uh, they were ragged people. They, didn't have, they had the clothes on their back. They had their staff in their hand. They were kind of a smelly bunch because all they'd been around was sheep. They really wasn't welcomed by a lot of people. They just spent their time of guiding their sheep, gazing on their sheep, grazing their sheep, always wondering about themselves, is there anything better than a shepherd's life? Could there be anything better than what I'm doing right now? No one wanted them around, but God wanted them. He wanted them. So God looked down on that night on these poor, lonely, outcast shepherds. And he said this, in essence, he said, I have something for you. I have something for you. And friend, listen, are you a shepherd this morning? Do you feel like you're no good? Do you feel like no one loves you? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel life could be better than it is right now? You have a bunch of problems in your life, and you know how you're going to make it. You're not going to make it. That's the way these guys, these, that's the way these guys felt. Then all of a sudden, something happened in the midst of all this excitement. There in verse 9, the scripture says that, that an angel appeared. Verse 9 says that an angel of the Lord stood before them. Now imagine those shepherds there on that Judean hillside, and all of a sudden they'd seen something they'd never seen before. And there was an angel, an angel. You know, angels are mentioned 108 times in the Old Testament. 
They're unique beings. They're spiritual beings created by God. 108 times in the Old Testament, mentioned 165 times in the New Testament. Angels, the Bible says, are even too numerous to count. The Bible says in Revelation 5, verse 11, there's 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000. There's so many angels. Angels, if we could spiritually see this morning, angels are here this morning. Think of that. Angels are those created spiritual beings. Now, don't be misunderstood. Angels are not human beings. Angels are not humans who have died and gone to heaven. Sometimes we have a misconception with that. We have a misunderstanding of that. They'll say, well, he's an angel. Heaven has a new angel. No, heaven doesn't have a new angel. They were created by God for a special purpose of God, but we're human beings. And we're loved much more than the angels because God sent his son to die on the cross for us and not for angels. You see? So, but angels are important. They're these spiritual beings created to worship God, minister to the, the people of God. Hebrews chapter 1, just jot this verse down. Hebrews 1 verse 14 tells about angels. says, they are not all... Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who have inherited salvation? So God created angels to send them to us, to help us, to assist us who have inherited, who have obtained salvation. So they minister to us. Give you an example. They protect us. Remember Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, and the king got up the next morning, and he hated to see Daniel be thrown in the lion's den kind of like Daniel, and so, but he made a decree, and so he goes to the lion's den to see how Daniel was, and he cried down, and he called him by name and said, Daniel, in essence, are you okay? Daniel said this. Daniel said, God sent his angels to shut the lion's mouth so they cannot hurt me, or they have not hurt me. And so they're here to protect us. You have a guardian angel, okay? All of us have a guardian angel. And then not only are they here to protect us, but they're here to spot check us. Spot check us. Well, what do you mean by that? Hebrews 13, 2 says, Don't forget to entertain strangers. You may be entertaining what? Angels unaware. God may want to spot check you <laughs> and see if you're taking care of people that are around you that are less Less blessed than you are. Then they're third, they're here to they're here to worship God. Luke two verse thirteen, and suddenly there was the angel uh, with the angels a great multitude of heavenly hosts, the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. So they're here to they're here to protect us. They're here to kindly spot check us. They're here to worship God, and they're here to bear good news. Okay. So this was a heavenly invitation. They had a heavenly invitation. These uh, heavenly invitation, and who was it to? It was to the poor. It was to the poor and needy. It was to these poor, poor uh, shepherds. And so the question is, why did angels uh, appear to the shepherds? Why not, why not appear to the mayor of Bethlehem? Why not appear to the... Uh, you might say the leading citizen of Bethlehem. Why not, appear to, why not appear to everyone there in Bethlehem and tell them this good news about the Savior? But these shepherds were, they were kind of on a different platform. They, they were not in a hurry. They weren't busy going here and there and getting this and getting that. 
they, have, they had time to respond when they heard God speaking. They could hear God. And God invited them to Christmas. He invited them to celebrate in the birth of his son. So remember, remember a very important principle. Here it is. People who aren't in a hurry are the ones to hear the invitation to Christmas. If you get so wrapped up in doing and going and eating and celebrating, you won't hear the invitation to Christmas. You'll miss Christmas altogether. It's not all about that. It's about this, about the Lord Jesus being born. That's what it's all about. John Ortenberg said this. I liked it. This is his quote. Hurry is the greatest enemy to the spiritual life in our day. For many of us, the greatest danger is not that we renounce our faith. It is that we become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we settle for a mediocre version of it. We, he says, we will skim over our lives instead of actually living our lives. Just think of that. Wow, skimming life, just skimming over life instead of living life. Skimming over Christmas instead of actually living Christmas. Here's the point. If we're going to respond to God's Christmas invitation, we've got to slow down and we've got to make time for it. So first you have this heavenly invitation and then to these people, these, these uh, shepherds, these poor in spirit, those that were needy and poor in spirit, then there's an invitation to release your fears. Are you afraid this morning? I believe all of us from time to time have been affected by fear. I've certainly been afraid at times. And so sometimes we need to release that fear. Christmas is a time to do that. We live in a culture of fear. Everybody's afraid. We live, we live in a, a, we fear for our safety. I mean, we fear for our economy. We fear for our health. We fear for our children. What's going to happen to them in the future, perhaps? 30 years ago, I thought this was interesting. 30 years ago, the most popular dog was a poodle. You know what it is now? A Rockweiler. <laughs> a Rockweiler. Why is that? Poodle wasn't doing good about the fear deal, and so they go after Rockweilers now. Rockweiler probably ate the poodle, the truth is known. So why are people afraid? Well, they, they try to silence this fear. They try to calm their fear by addiction. By drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and many addictions out there, they try to calm their fear by taking something. They try to calm their fear by perhaps in a relationship, or calm their fear by staying busy, staying busy, or, or they become workaholics. The more I can just work and, and just stay busy, you know, I won't think about all of that. Remember, there is no effective way to deal with fear apart from God. You can try all this other you want to. I've tried it, not the addiction, not the heavy stuff, but trying to work hard or trying to stay busy. None of that works. The only, the, the only perfect way to deal with fear is with God. So Christmas is an invitation to let go of your focus 
on fear and trust God with your past, with your present, and with your future. Trust Him. The point is, put your life in His hands. Stop worrying about it. If you put your life in His hands, those are the best hands you could ever be in. So put your life in His hands. You know, my mother's favorite song was, uh, God will take care of you. It's not in our hymn book. It's in the old Baptist hymn book, the old Broadman hymn book. Here are the words. Be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. I remember her singing this when one of us was sick. Or when she felt as though a friend of hers was sick and was low. And she would sing this song. Be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. Through days of toil, when heart doth fail, God will take care of you. When dangers fierce your path assail, God will take care of you. No matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean, weary one, upon his breast. God will take care of you. Remember when you felt bad as a child and you just wanted a hug from your mom or from your dad? They just pulled you up close to the breast and just held you. That's what God wants to do for you. He's going to take care of you. The course goes like this. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. So there's a heavenly invitation. There's an invitation to the poor needed shepherds. There's an invitation to release your fears. And then there's an invitation to meet the Savior. Have you picked that up? The angel said, I've got some good news of great joy that shall be to all people, to everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, here's the good news, a Savior, and tells who he is, who is Christ the Lord, not Muhammad, no, not Buddha, but a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love Christ the Lord. Do you know um, the correct address? Uh, the correct, the correct address, or the correct way to address Christ after the crucifixion. Before the crucifixion, it was Jesus, but that's really an inappropriate way to refer to him as Jesus now. You refer to him as Lord. You refer to him as Jesus Christ, the Lord. You refer to him as Christ, the Lord. Jesus was his name of humility. Jesus was his name on the cross. Jesus, King of the Jews. Jesus was his name of, in humility and humiliation with his suffering and with the crucifixion and all the things he went through. Then after he was buried and raised from the dead, no longer was he known as Jesus, but Jesus Christ the Lord, or the Lord. Isn't that neat? And so listen, the invitation is to a Savior by the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Not Buddha, not Mohammed, but the most most important thing you need today, it's not a new house or not a new car or a new job. It's not fortune, it's not fame, it's not making sure your retirement's taken care of. You better not depend upon yourself for your retirement to be taken care of. But the most important thing you need is a Savior. Most important thing you, you need to make note is a Savior. 
Romans 3.23 tells us why. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, or Isaiah 53.6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord God has laid upon him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 64 says, All we are as an unclean thing. 1 John 1 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So the point is, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, physical death, spiritual death, and I need a Savior because without Christ, I'm on my way to hell. I need a Savior. don't need a new house. I need a Savior. I don't need a new car. I don't need a big retirement. I don't need any of that. I need a Savior. Why is that? Because I'm a sinner, and I'm on my way to hell unless something happens, unless I humble myself, recognize I'm a sinner, know that Jesus can save me, ask him to forgive me, turn from my sin, turn to him and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me, come into my life and save me. And the Bible says this, the Bible says that God looked down and he saw my knees. It's a beautiful song about this, that God looked down and he saw my need and he sent me, he sent you a savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord. Christ the anointed one, the Messiah, the Lord. God incarnate in the flesh. And so if our greatest need, someone had said, it had been information that we needed, he would have sent us an educator. Someone said if it was technology, he would have sent us an engineer or, or a scientist. Someone said if our need was money, he would have sent an economist. If our need was pleasure, he'd send us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness, and he sent us a Savior and his name is Jesus. Look, if you will, in closing, Luke chapter 2, verse 12. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And so it was, in verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Hey, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now, these shepherds had to make a decision, just like you've got to make one today. If you've never trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you've got to make a decision today. It's your decision. Would they believe the message? Or would they just um, hoard the message? Would they believe it? Would they go? They responded. They went. They, went. they responded in a positive way. They went, but they did something else. They made a choice. And God's invitation, not just to go, not just to hoard the message. Everybody in here knows the message, amen? Amen, you know the message. So they didn't hoard the message, what they do? They went and shared the message. Look at verse 17. And now when they seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them 
concerning this child. Wow. We had six lined up a few minutes ago who know how to share the message. You know how to share the message. They decided to share the message, an invitation to meet the Savior. Then there's that invitation to share the message. So this morning, you're faced with some same decision. You're going to relieve your fears, carry them to Jesus. You're going to believe the good news that your Savior's come. Are you, are you willing to come to him today if you've never come to Christ? He says, come. Just one word, come. Come, just come. You willing to come? So you have a heavenly invitation. Invitation to those that are poor in spirit. How do you feel about yourself? Well, if you're lost, then you, you're really poor in spirit. You have nothing. This world's going to be burned up one day, and all the things that you save and put together here is not going to be here, and you won't be here. you either be in heaven or you'll be in that eternal place for those who reject Christ called hell. Then you have the invitation to release your fears. No need to be afraid. You're in the best hands you can be in. Then you have an invitation to meet the Savior. Come to him today. He didn't say, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is the church. He didn't say that. He didn't say, come to him today and, and, uh, and Savior has been born and it's, uh, it's an ordinance. It's baptism of the Lord's Supper. He didn't say that. He didn't say it was Mary. Mary can't get you to heaven. Only Christ. And that's what Christ says. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So you can go to church all you want to. It's good. It has its place. You can go through the ordinance. They're good. They have their place. But the only way you can go to heaven is through Jesus. You might hope you can go, but you can't hope enough. You have to trust Jesus. And so that's your decision. Mom and Daddy can't do it for you. The preacher can't. That's a decision you make. I hope you'll make that today and experience Christmas. It's not about going and getting and eating and all of that. If you're not careful, you'll miss the call of God to Christmas. Let's stand together. We'll be, have Terry to come and lead our invitation hymn. And so the invitation to Christmas is open now. Not my invitation. God sends you an invitation. Be bold. Be sure. Know that without him, you're going to miss it altogether. And come today. Trust him as Lord and Savior of your life. You will have the best Christmas you've ever had in your life. Believe me. Come. Just come. If no one comes, you come. As he calls you, come on. Softly and tenderly, come on. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come, come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.